This episode contains graphic details of murder and other crimes. Listener discretion is advised. Hello everyone and welcome back to Not Always Polite. Hope you guys are having a great week as usual. Here in Ontario, we are put into another lockdown, which sucks, but this lockdown is called an emergency break, which sounds like a part of a car, but um, most stuff is still able to stay open just under restrictions, which hasn't been helping, so I don't know why we're doing this again, but anyways, it's a long weekend, so trying to stay positive, um my mom's birthday today happy birthday mom she's 50 she doesn't know this yet but she's going skydiving for her birthday so we will see i'm not joining her her and my sister are gonna go and i'm so excited for them you could not catch me dead in a plane i I mean i would have to be dead if i was up in the plane but yeah so that's what i've been up to i hope you guys like i said are having a great week hope you guys are staying positive i know a lot of my listeners are in canada so sure you guys feel how I'm feeling just a little bit drained at this point of lockdown but um please if anyone ever needs anyone to talk to reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter I will try to respond um like I said I don't have a ton of followers yet so uh I have time (laughs) um so yeah reach out if anyone needs anyone to talk to I'm always here on a little bit of a lighter note before I get into the case today I was at the dog park like I am every day and this giant St. Bernard, her name was Frida. She was five. Um, she came up to me and wanted me to pet her. And she was so sweet. And we ended up like sitting on the ground together. And I was just petting her. She was so sweet. It made my day. I'll, I'll put a picture up on Instagram because I was just in heaven. She was so sweet. But all right, let's get on to why everyone is here. Let's get on to this week's case. So this week's case takes place in the small town of Watford, Ontario, Canada in Lambton County. So it's out near Sarnia back in 2014. To start off, I will introduce you to the family and then we will get into what went down. So we have mom and dad, Susan and Mario Gubbles. Susan was a 55-year-old branch manager for the Bank of Montreal and Mario was a 54-year-old pork industry worker. The pair had two kids, Jeremy and Amanda. Now, I couldn't find much information about their early lives or even how old Amanda was, but at the time of the murders, Jeremy was 28. So, basically, Jeremy had somewhat of a troubled past, you could say. His first criminal conviction had to do with charges involving killing an animal. Um, I believe this was called the homicidal triad, if y'all are familiar. If you're not, um, cruelty to animals, bedwetting, and um, arson, like starting fires, are or were known as the homicidal triad. So, yeah, his first criminal conviction involved killing an animal. In 2011, Jeremy threw a party at his parents' house while they were on vacation, and he caused $100,000 worth of damage. That's crazy. $100,000 worth of damage. Following this incident, his parents kicked him out and he was living in London at the time, which was July of 2014. In an article from the London Free Press, it was noted that, quote, they looked forward to his Friday night calls from jail. They had no access to his psychiatric records after his 18th birthday, but firmly believed they could help him, they being his parents. The system failed to tell them of the real risks or offer any real guidance. 
Without any professional guidance, they continued to offer their support and welcome Jeremy back into their homes and lives. So, yeah, that was talking about when he was released from, um, I guess it would be Juvie, um, when he was younger. So his parents, they, every article I read, his parents stuck up for Jeremy and they tried their best. Um, and it just, we'll get into it. So, Apparently, Jeremy's actions had caused some problems with his parents' marriage, but they had worked on their issues and they were about to go on a vacation to celebrate their 30th wedding anniversary. So on July 11th, 2014, Jeremy called his mom and asked her to pick him up and bring him home. I assume home means the family home in Watford, but the article didn't specify. He also called his sister Amanda and asked her about her plans. On July 12th, Jeremy texted his sister asking for her new address in London as she had just moved into a new apartment. They then made plans for Jeremy and their mom to come to London the next day for breakfast and a tour of her new place. The morning of July 13th, Susan played an online casino game with her sister who lived in Quebec and then called Amanda to reschedule their breakfast plans so that Mario, the dad, could join them. Little did Amanda know that this would be the last time she would talk to her mother. Sometime between 11 and 11.40 a.m. on July 13, 2014, Jeremy Goebbels turned on the family computer, went to YouTube, and played videos of Eminem's Kill You, Metallica's Am I Evil, and ACDC's For Those About to Rock. While these music videos were playing, he stabbed his mother to death on the stairs in their family home as she came up from the basement computer room. After the killing, Jeremy went into Watford to buy cigarettes, saran wrap, and Kinder Surprise eggs. Apparently, it's common for criminals to buy the Kinder eggs and use the little plastic containers that the toys come in to hide drugs and conceal them in their body cavities. He then went to Home Hardware and bought a 12-inch electric chainsaw and oil. The manual was found on the kitchen counter of the family home. The page detailing how to assemble it was open. The chainsaw was found broken near his mother's body. After his trip, he returned to mutilate her body with a long-handled pair of garden shears, a skill saw, the chainsaw, and a sledgehammer. Her body was also sexually assaulted with a knife. While he was in town, he also took a $500 cash advance on his mother's credit card, and he went to Foodland, which is a grocery store, to buy extra-large garbage bags, which, okay, makes sense, I guess, if you're committing a murder. Um, but he also purchased some lunch meat. Not sure what that's about, but anyways... Meanwhile, his sister Amanda started calling the house phone as well as her mom's cell just before 1 p.m. And obviously there was no answer. Amanda would actually end up calling 30 more times before 9 p.m. So Jeremy, back on the computer, um, which in order to get to, he had to step over his mother's corpse. Um, and he was searching for two restaurants in London, one called True and another called Moxie's. Unfortunately for Mario, he arrived home from work at 5 p.m. and Jeremy was waiting for him. He was attacked and stabbed several times and then dragged through the house 
out the patio doors and thrown into the back of their pickup truck under a protective cover. Jeremy mutilated his face and genitalia. Um, the article says his genitalia had been cut off and his face was disfigured. Before leaving the house in Watford, Jeremy used, quote, basic first aid supplies at the house, I'm assuming for like a bandage or whatever, for a cut on his hand. Jeremy hopped in the truck and drove off with his father's body in the back. On his way, he stopped for $87 of gas in Strathroy, where he was seen on video surveillance checking the back of the truck before taking off to London. At this point, Amanda knew something wasn't right, and she and her boyfriend headed to Watford um, to check on her parents, and she kept trying to call them while she was going there. So just before 9 p.m., while she was driving to her parents' house, Amanda got a text message from Jeremy saying, quote, This is Jeremy! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. How's it going? Just wanted to let you know I love you more than my words could ever possibly describe. Have a good one, sister! Which was very out of the ordinary for him. Amanda called the Ontario Provincial Police and they were on their way to meet her at the house. By then, Jeremy had made it to London, and he stopped at a Walmart and bought some Tylenol, partly by using his mother's reward points, and he headed downtown and parked behind Moxie's. Amanda got to her parents' home before the police did. The family dog was running loose outside, and the door was locked, but she could hear loud music coming from inside the house. She went ahead and unlocked the door and saw a large amount of smeared blood on the floor, she told police when they got there what she had seen, but she didn't go inside. And uh, they then found her mother's body. Meanwhile, Jeremy uh, ordered dinner at Moxie's and he called his sister, who was frantically waiting for a police report outside the house. He claimed he was in the basement computer room and their parents were outside arguing. Amanda asked again where their parents were and Jeremy said he, quote, forgave her for what happened in Quebec. Uh, Amanda didn't know what he was talking about and ended the call. While uh, eating dinner at Moxie's, Jeremy had some calamari, he had a steak, and he had like eight margaritas. Because, you know, what else would you have after you murder your family, right? The police were able to track um, Jeremy's cell phone to Moxie's because he kept texting his sister. Um, another message that he sent to her was, quote, Goodbye, farewell, see you in heaven, hopefully, if you choose to join me there. I really do love you. Forgive me? Have a good one, sister. See you on the other side? Okay, Jeremy. <laughs> um, so, Jeremy was arrested in the restaurant just before 11 p.m. He told the police he took 150 Tylenol uh, and uh, he told a paramedic that he felt, quote, great and completely calm. It's probably what eight margaritas and a bottle of Tylenol will do for you. Later, while he was um, in the ambulance, he told an officer that, quote, I wish she was alive so I could tell her how much I love her. Later, while describing the killings, he told police none of them deserved it. All they did was love me. He said he killed his father in the back of the truck in Middlesex County after leaving the house. Quote, I wanted my dad to suffer. 
Jeremy said. Um, I guess I didn't mention this, but um, they did find the mother's body on the basement stairs, and they found the father's body in the back of the truck while he was at Moxie's. So Jeremy goes on to say this, which I'm not sure is true or not, um, but he says, quote, I'm a psychopath. He wasn't dead yet. Some are created, some are born. True blue. So I don't know if Mario wasn't dead yet when he left the house and maybe he like pulled over at one point and to, like finish him off or whatever in the back of the truck. But um, it doesn't say that anywhere that I could find. So I'm not sure. But either way, when the police got to Moxie's, uh, Mario was dead in the back of the truck. He then asked a London police officer who arrested him if he was, quote, OPP or city. And he then quoted the London police motto, which is, deeds not words, A, I'm the same way, which, okay. A psychiatrist spoke to Jeremy and assessed his suicide risk because he said that he took 150 Tylenol. Jeremy told her that he wasn't trying to kill himself and he took the Tylenol to avoid the pain because he expected to be injured by the police when he was arrested. He was asked if he wanted to harm anyone else, and uh, he seemed calm and relaxed, and he smiled and said, quote, You know, it feels really good to kill. I can't deny it. This man told the psychiatrist that. Sir? Jeremy ended up pleading guilty in April of 2016, to two counts of first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for 25 years. Though Justice Thomas Heaney recommends he never be given the chance for parole. Quote, he is the true embodiment of evil. This man should never be released from jail. At the trial, Amanda said, quote, I hope you rot in jail. I hope you suffer every single day. I hope you have nightmares. You are a horrible person. You are a coward. And Amanda says that she wonders if Jeremy came to London, not just to go to Moxie's, but to eventually go to her place and kill her because he had her new address. She gave it to him the day before because they were planning on coming over. Um, And she also said at one point that she felt like if he had been closer or if she had been like in Watford that day or whatever, that she would have been dead too. Like, there's no reason he would have left her alive because he killed the whole rest of the family. Like, why would he leave her? So that is the story of the Goebbels family. The Goebbels family massacre, I guess you would probably call it. Um, I had never heard of this case before and I was actually looking for a different case and I stumbled upon this one. So I was not yet living in London at the time that this happened. So I guess it makes sense that I... I guess didn't hear of it, but yeah, I've never heard of this case before. So I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did researching it. I thought it was super interesting. Um, I will throw up pictures of everyone on my Instagram as usual. Um, don't forget to follow me on there at not always polite and on Twitter at not always polite. Um, and yeah, I hope everyone has a great Easter. If you celebrate, um, stay safe during this next lockdown, Ontario, I am here with you. And yeah, I hope you guys have a great week and I will catch you guys next time. Bye.